What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. It is Friday. You know what that means. Michelle Majuk is here with us. What's up, Michelle? Hey, hey. I am excited to be here. It is getting so close to the draft, um, which is just my favorite day of the year. It's my Christmas. Uh, So... Uh, I'm just like actually super excited now that I'm working on this San Fran podcast because, you know, my Steelers always have such late picks because we're so good. Uh, but <laughs> San Fran oh. has this third overall pick, not because they're bad, because they moved up, but it just makes it even that much more exciting to go into draft day. Yes, it is like Christmas. You're totally right. I will say this, since we're talking about Christmas, I will give you a gift. I have learned, and I did not know this because I'm from Connecticut. People in San Francisco do not like when you say San Fran. Oh, no, they don't. I do know that. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't understand what the big problem is, but they get they get all bent out of shape about it. So, I do know that I have to get better because I always say San Fran. It's just how I've always said it. I learned last year on Twitter that saying San Fran is like a big no-no. And I almost like saying it more now that I know it annoys <laughs> people. <laughs> uh, we're just earning fans all yeah. over the place. But I want to give a shout out to everybody listening because we have gotten a ton of suggestions for the name of this show. I've gotten them on Twitter. We've gotten them on iTunes, which, by the way, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really does help. You've been coming through with that big time. And let's get to some of the suggestions. Niner Faithful 96 left us a review on iTunes and suggested Outside the Field. There's a lot of name suggestions involving Justin yeah. Fields, which I, <laughs> I like. know. And it needs to be, if Justin Fields is the pick, like this podcast has to have a title with the name Fields in it. It just makes it so hard to decide right now because it, it's looking like it's probably not going to be Justin Fields, sadly. Do but I do, I do love that title. A lot of support for Stats and Mags at Top Shelf TY said Stats and Mags. A few others have suggested it. Do you even go by Mags? Like, I don't even know if that's like a nickname for you. It's not, but it could be. I like Stats and Mags, and we could even start with that. And then we could change to a Fields title once they draft him. Okay. How about number one Cespedes fan suggested Fields of Gold podcast? I do love that. Fields of Gold. That's a good one. That's not bad. Uh, at burn unit says gold ball bust and stats <laughs> might be a little too much word too wordy of a true know. how about at dan strip niners happy hour with stats and mags i do love that that's cute but we do record at like nine <laughs> i don't know if that's very happy hour ish Right. It might sound like we're day drinking, but we do not actually do. The only thing you're drinking is you have a giant coffee mug I saw. Oh, this is actually one of my small coffee mugs. Uh, really? I consider this small, yeah. But this is already like my 10th cup of coffee today. Well done. Not really. It's, it's like my fourth, but still. Flavored coffee or regular coffee? Just black. Just black. Black, no sugar, no nothing. No nothing. I'm one of those people. But you're I kind of a badass. I drink too much of it to start putting stuff in there. <laughs> You're like one of those people in those action movies when they drink coffee, black coffee, like just pour it right out of the pot, right into your mouth. Yeah. You know, us like black coffee folks, we act like we're cooler than everybody else. Right. You're like a coffee. You you like the flavor <laughs> of the coffee, right? I do. But it's also funny because I drink Maxwell. So it's not even like I'm getting good <laughs> coffee. I'm drinking like that $10 for a huge container coffee. That's still good, too. 
Uh, we've got a lot to do on today's show. We're going to get into a tweet that I sent out a, a earlier this week that you really liked about sort of how we cover draft guys in general and whether or not we're too positive considering that, you know, let's be honest, a lot of these guys are going to stink. Um, you are very excited, and as was I, that the 49ers missed out, quote-unquote, on Sam Darnold. So I know you want to talk about that. And then, I, as much as 49er fans don't want to admit it, there is a draft beyond the first round. And I feel like the spotlight from 49ers fans is locked in on the first round, and we need to start looking beyond that. And who's going to be available in the second round? Who are some names that the 49ers faithful should be hoping for in round two. So I know you have a bunch of names for us there. Uh, we got a lot to do today. We do. We have a lot to get to. I'm going to get a little emotional, like in a good way, like he did about Sam Darnold. And I'm very, very happy that the 49ers missed out on him. But we'll get to that. Well, let's let's get to it now, because I want to hear you get emotional. I'm always emotional on this thing. So why are you so passionate about this? You know, people, when Sam Darnold got traded to the Panthers, everyone's like, oh my goodness, what an upgrade from Teddy, Teddy Bridgewater. Like, hey, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not an upgrade to anything. But then there was a report out that said that the 49ers were calling about Sam Darnold. Now, we don't know how close it got. Maybe it was just like, hey, what are you looking for? It could have been something as simple as that. But, and then I'm also seeing 49ers fans say, if they're going to trade these picks to move up for Mac Jones, like why not just go get Sam Darnold? Like they're completely different players. I understand that Mac Jones doesn't have the strongest arm and Sam Darnold doesn't have the strongest arm. And neither of them were the most mobile quarterbacks coming out in their class. But the thing about Sam Darnold at USC was that he was a turnover machine because he made stupid mistakes. He had 22 interceptions in his two years starting completely different than Mac Jones, who only had four interceptions last year. And Sam Darnold had 20 fumbles. He only, he only started for two years. He had 20 fumbles at USC. Mac Jones has had two. Now, he only started for one year, but still much different than 20 fumbles. And then we're seeing that's the biggest issue with Sam Darnold in the NFL. Like, he is a turnover machine. He has 46 turnovers. He only played 38 games. 46 turnovers. He has more turnovers than he does passing touchdowns throughout three <laughs> years. And so if that's his biggest issue in college, and we saw in the NFL, he can't change that at all. He makes stupid decisions, makes stupid passes. You don't even know what he's doing with the ball. That wasn't Adam Gase's fault. Like, clearly he already had those issues before coming in. So I just, I, I don't see how he's an upgrade to Teddy Bridgewater. And I think that the 49ers just really made the right decision there, not going after him. Go get Mac Jones. He's younger. He's cheaper. He actually might not even be younger. I know that Sam Darnold's still super young, uh, but he'll be cheaper as well. And you don't have to, if Sam Darnold were to come into the 49ers and have even an average season, then they were going to have to pay him next year. That's just not worth it. The Darnold thing never made sense to me. I feel like, I don't know what is happening, but they're, I don't know if it's from the media or from whoever it is, but I feel like people are just not objectively looking at the situation. When you look at the 49ers quarterback situation, they've had two main issues, and it's blatantly obvious. Turnovers and health. And those are the exact same issues that Sam Darnold has. He's never played 16 games in a season, and you just laid out all the turnover issues he has had. Why would the 49ers 
put their faith in that guy. They already have that guy in Jimmy Garoppolo. But for some reason, people are saying that the 49ers would be interested in Sam Darnold. I never bought it. I think the only reason they talked to the Jets at all is because they wanted to see how eager they were to get rid of Sam Darnold to judge whether or not they were going to move out of the number two spot in the draft. That's my personal feeling. Because if the Jets are like, yeah, you can have Darnold for a sixth or whatever, then the 49ers know, okay, they're definitely taking a quarterback. Yeah. But if they say like, no, we want a first and change for Sam Darnold, then you're like, oh, shoot. They may be willing to trade. We might get leapfrogged for the guy that we want. So that's, to me, why I think they were interested in Sam Darnold. Yeah, and hopefully. And if you hear my dogs in the background, I'm sorry. They just got home and they're they're playing. But one big thing with Sam Darnold, too, is everyone's like, oh, but he's accurate. Like, is he accurate? He wasn't accurate at USC. 62% of his plays were accurate compared to Mac Jones, who was at 72. That's 10% more. And I think the bigger number there is the uncatchable inaccurate passes. Like, there, his player had no chance in college. It was 21% of his passes were uncatchable and accurate passes. And Mac Jones is all the way down at 10%. That's more than double for Sam Darnold. They're not the same type of players whatsoever. I know that Mac Jones had better uh, playmakers around him, but like Sam Darnold was also passing the Juju Smith-Schuster for a year. So like, let's relax. I, I, I don't, I don't see the comparisons between these two whatsoever. Sam Darnold just doesn't have the football mind to be great. And I think Mac Jones, that is something he has. If Sam Darnold was not drafted where he was drafted and had the exact same NFL career so far, nobody would be saying that he should be the starting quarterback for another team. I'm sorry. Like exactly. They just wouldn't. The, the numbers are what they are. So yeah, I'm glad I didn't think the 49ers were interested, but I'm glad now that all that talk is done. Look, it's going to be Justin Fields. It's going to be Justin Fields or it's going to be Trey Lance. To me, there is <laughs> no way that Kyle's taking Mac Jones. You just don't do, you don't trade up to three and then try to hit a double. You trade up to three to try and hit a home run. And if you fail, it turns into a double. And that's what I think you could have if you draft a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields like they don't have to be an all-time great player. If they turn into like Donovan McNabb, who was a really good quarterback for a while with the Eagles and went to four straight NFC championship games, you'll take that. But you're not going to get that if you draft Mac Jones, because if you try to hit a double and you fail, you strike out. It is just weird how much it feels like the media truly believes the 49ers will take Mac Jones. It's like last year we started hearing like, ooh, Miami might take Justin Herbert over to a, but it felt like no one really believed it. And you still saw in all the mock drafts that Miami was going to take Tua. It was very rare to see someone actually believe they're going to take Herbert. This though just feels different. Everyone truly believes it. And maybe they're just playing a great mind game on us. I don't really get the point of it though. If you truly believe, you have to believe that the Jets are considering taking Justin Fields or Trey Lance um, in order to play this mind game. Like, I don't really understand it, but I hope I hope it's Justin Fields. Obviously, we've talked about that plenty. Yes, everybody hopes it's Justin Fields. Like that's the feeling I get from the 49ers fan base. I talked to John Lund of KMBR yesterday, and he basically said that the the calls that he's hearing, like nobody wants Mac Jones. The fans are all in on a mobile guy. And, you know, I don't know. The media doesn't seem to be in on it, but the fan base clearly has a pick and it is not Mac Jones. Yeah. And if they want to sell tickets, like people are actually going to be allowed in the stadium this year. I know that's not something that the front office 
like, especially the coaches can care about too much. Like they care about winning and their jobs, but at the same time, you do have to think about the fans a little bit. Uh, and I, I think they would sell a ton of tickets next year if they were to draft uh, Fields or Lance. And you might have some angry fans that won't buy tickets if it's Mac Jones. But it's, if they win with him, then they'll come right back. So True. That is the ultimate deodorant, as John Madden once said. Winning is the ultimate deodorant. But yeah, let's not let's not dwell on that because I'm still <laughs> thinking it's not going to happen. Uh, let's get to this tweet that uh, you wanted to respond to. So Andrew Perloff of the Dan Patrick Show tweeted, as much as I love NFL draft coverage, there's a fundamental problem. 80 to 90 percent of the coverage is positive, but a much smaller percent of the picks actually hit. So we really don't know what's going on. Do you agree with that? I don't. So I I, I don't get really what he's getting at here. So these players who are going in the first and second round, like, yes, there's going to be a lot of bus. And yes, they have their issues. You know, everyone has their flaws. But I do think it's important right now to focus on what they can do, because if they weren't good players, they wouldn't be considered high prospects. Like they wouldn't be going in the first or second round. Now there's going to be busts because there's different personalities. There's different people who are going to work harder. That's a little bit harder to point out um, those character flaws. Also where they get drafted. Is it a good fit for them? Do they have a good coaching system that knows how to develop players? Like there's so many different ways that a player can bust or be great that right now, just like saying, oh, this person sucks, like they're going to be terrible. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think we should be pointing out what these players are good at, where they would fit, right? Like we don't know where they're going to go right now, but we do know where some of these players would be good fits. I'd like focusing more on that. And I do think that's where analysts should be focusing on instead of pointing out the flaws. Uh, because I don't know, that's just not really fair to these prospects that have been working their butt off to get to the NFL. And this is something that I used to battle with Mike Florio about in Pro Football Talk because he used to point that out a lot, too. We always act like all these guys are going to be Hall of Famers. My point to Mike was always the draft is about hope. That's what it's about. If your team stink and I'm this is, you know, look, the 49ers have lost 10 plus games in three out of the last four years. When your season stinks, you have nothing to look forward to football wise. Until the offseason and free agency comes and the draft comes, that's when you can start to care again. That's what the draft is all about. If your team is going to go from bad to good, the way they do that is the draft. So you should be excited. You should hope all these guys turn out well because that's how it happens always. And so when people say, oh, we're too positive on these guys, it kind of drives me nuts because like, if you're taking that away from me, what do I have left? What is the point of being a fan? Yeah, and there's players every single year that have their flaws. And we point those out, too. It's not like we're saying these players are perfect. They have no flaws. Like, we're pointing that out, but also saying, okay, but this is how they can overcome them. Or this is what they're great at. This is where they would fit. And I think that's an okay way to look at it. If you're just pointing out the flaws and saying they're going to fail, like we, we see it every year that people come in and surprise us and they're fantastic. Now there's people, there's players that we say are going to be great who, who bust as well. But like I said, some of that has to do with character concerns or the team fit. It's not just what they did in college or, you know, their skill set that made them fail. But of course there's going to be some players that were just completely off like Tutu Atwell. Great guy. He seems like a fantastic guy. He has the football background. If the Steelers even spent a fifth round draft pick on him, I'd be kind of annoyed. Like he's 155 pounds, five foot eight. 
those wide receivers just don't do anything in the NFL. So I, I'm willing to point out those type of flaws and ones that would have to be massive outliers to hit. Uh, but besides that, like, let's just be positive about these young men who just work their butt off to get where they are right now. Like you said, some of these guys are going to bust. We'll find out pretty quickly whether or not these guys can play. If there's if they're bad, there's going to be plenty of time to talk about how bad they are. Yes. When the draft happens, like, give me a day, give me a week to just enjoy and hope. You know, I talked to Mike Tannenbaum this week about and he his point was a draft pick is the culmination of months of work. From an entire organization, a general manager, assistant general manager, head coach, scouts, area scout. Like when you make a pick, it's it's the culmination of a huge group effort. And they know that all these guys are not going to be good. But I asked Tannenbaum what he misses about being a GM. And he said, you know what he missed? He said the dinner after the draft, like right after the draft, when the whole team goes out, because you just feel like the sense of relief and the sense of accomplishment. And you should. There's nothing wrong with that. Why do we have to immediately try and pick out like which guy's going to suck and which guy's terrible and which pick was bad? Like, just give me a week to sort of enjoy this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the best part of the NFL. It's any given Sunday throughout the season, but also it's like almost any given offseason. Like there's a move that you can make in any given offseason that could change your team. And I think that's the best part of the NFL. And it keeps uh, the fan bases of terrible teams like hooked I was following the Browns for a while when I lived in Cleveland like I'm a Steelers fan always first and I know the Browns are in the AFC North so it doesn't make sense but I lived in Cleveland I had a lot of friends that love them and there was so much heart and it's when like they won no games whatsoever (laughs) but every year they had hope that they were going to change this is going to be their year uh and it's just that's what makes me love the NFL so much and it starts with the draft so that's why you should be excited about it I can't wait I agree with you. Like, we can't look at these guys in a vacuum. You look at like Julian Edelman or Wes Welker, you know, you might think, well, they can't, you can't line that guy up on the outside. They're not going to win jump balls. But if you look at what they can do, go over the middle, shake man coverage like you wouldn't believe, they turn into amazingly productive players. And so I kind of agree with you. Like, don't tell me what a guy can't do, tell me what he can do. Yes, exactly. And you never know when a prospect will get to play with the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, that <laughs> and probably then you'll helps just be a good. Yeah, just a little bit. All right, let's take a break because when we come back, you have a bunch of players that you like in the second round for the 49ers, which is awesome because I feel like we are, haven't even looked at the second round yet because we're all focused on what's going to happen at number three. So we'll take a look at some of those guys when we come back. Welcome back to the Niners Nation podcast. We, we really got to get a name for this show, Michelle. It's 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 too difficult to work around the non-title. <laughs> it is. It is. We'll get there. I like stats and mags for now, if we want to call the stats and mags. And then we'll have to probably keep it that if they don't take fields. I'm sure we can come up with something fun with Lance if they take Lance. That's true. There's good names this year for quarterbacks. There's no like craziness. There's no Roethlisberger. That would just be too difficult. Yeah, that would that would be hard. <laughs> All right, let's get into some of the second round possibilities for the 49ers because they're at three and that's great. And we know it's going to be a quarterback, but that's not the only need on this team. If you were in the 49ers draft room now and all of a sudden Kyle Shanahan was like, you know what, Michelle, I trust you. You get to make this pick. Where are you going in round two? All right, so hear me out here. I'm going with the center. I'm going with Landon Dickerson. 
from Alabama. Now, it goes with Mac Jones, right? But I don't even think they need to take Mac Jones here for this pick to make sense. Like, you know, Justin Fields wants a good center as well. The biggest issue for the 49ers last year on their line was the interior offensive line, especially a center. Now, I know they went and got Alex Mack from Atlanta, and he was good with Kyle Shanahan, but he is 35 years old, and he hasn't been good for a while. But the best part about having Alex Mack is that you can kind of bring in Landon Dickerson slowly. And the only reason he's falling to the second round is because he did tear his ACL in the championship game. Not great. But he's already doing backflips at his pro day when uh, they're when they're doing when they're interviewing Mac Jones. You saw Landon Dickerson in the back doing backflips. Like he's just a funny, goofy guy. But he looks completely fine. Like his he said he's completely on track. Um for full recovery, he feels good. Uh, we'll have to see if that affects him at all, but I, I think he'll be all right after the ACL. Still super young. We've seen guys now nowadays just like go right back to where they were after an ACL tear. Now maybe he can't start week one, but I think that's okay, especially if it's Mac Jones. They already have that connection, so it's not like oh no, they can't like build that connection in the offseason. They already have it, and you have Alex Mack to start for a while. Then you bring in Landon Dickerson when he's ready. He's a big boy, six foot, six inches, 326 pounds. He's actually played on every position on the offensive line throughout his college career. Ooh, like that. Yeah, so he's very versatile. I do think he's probably a center or a guard. Uh, You could probably play him at either spot. You're not going to want him at tackle in the NFL. Uh, But he had the second highest PFF uh, run blocking grade among interior offensive linemen in the FBS last year third highest overall grade. He's just a really solid player. He has the experience in the pro-style Alabama offense. I I think this is the type of guy that you draft in the second round. As soon as he's healthy, he's going to play. Like If you want him for 10-plus years, I think he's that solid of a player. He's safe. uh, He's just a a real... just like high upside, high floor type of prospect. I think that's exactly what you need right now uh, for this San Francisco offense looking to, you know, kind of rebuild, but also win Super Bowls at the same time. So a couple of things. I love the idea of taking a young center at some point in the draft because it's a massively important position for Kyle Shanahan. If you look Everywhere he has gone, he has gotten a center immediately. Usually he had Alex Mack in Cleveland. And then when he went to Atlanta, the first move he made was to bring Alex Mack to Atlanta. It's a huge position for his offensive line. So they need a good center. And Alex Mack would be the perfect person to mentor whoever they draft because he clearly knows the system. The only thing is... I don't know if you're aware, 49er fans are very scarred about taking guys coming off torn ACLs because their former general manager, Trent Baalke, did it every freaking year, and none of those guys (laughs) ever panned out. It was horrible. He kept picking them. Well, and I also have another guy on my list that tore his ACL as well. I'm sorry, but I so maybe those guys were a little bit dangerous. But do you think a center who tore his ACL is that as big of a deal as right. a wide receiver or you know a linebacker? Like it just doesn't seem as scary or as risky. I totally agree with you. It's not like we're going to be asking this person to run 40 yards downfield in one play. Like, yeah, it's a lot different for a center than other positions. That's fair. Yeah. And his biggest strength is strength. Like he's just a big boy. And I think uh, I read somewhere that he had the most pancaked plays uh, in the FBS last year. Like he just bulldozes guys over. Uh, I think he'd be fantastic in Kyle Shanahan's system. Okay. I I could get on board with a center in round two. I like it. I think, 
Some people will push back because they just signed Mac, but you're right. I mean, first of all, there's no indication that he's going to stay 100% healthy. And I mean, last year they were on their, what, fourth string center? Hironis Grasso was their starting center for part of the season. Like, you, you cannot have that with Kyle Shanahan. I kind of like the insurance there. Beyond the center, what else do you like in round two? Uh, so I think you have to look at uh, your secondary cornerback or safety. Now they did re-sign Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley and Quan Williams. Like that's good. You brought back a lot of your guys, but I still think you need depth. And maybe we're looking more at safety here with Richard Sherman. Probably like, we don't think he comes back, right? Hell he's no. Not, he's not coming back. Now the biggest issue with the 49ers last year, I keep almost saying San Fran, not going to lie. The biggest <laughs> issue with the 49ers last year is that they only caused 20 turnovers like you can't win consistently if you're not forcing turnovers especially when your offense is turning the ball over like crazy so you need more playmakers on your defense so I'm gonna go with Javon Holland here from uh, Oregon he just seems to be one of those guys like a Minka Fitzpatrick where he's always in the right spot uh, at the right time Uh, he had 20 combined interceptions uh, plus uh, pass breakups in the two seasons that he played as a freshman and a sophomore. He opted out last year uh, for COVID-19 and in his junior year, but he had the third most interceptions in the FBS from 2018 to 2019. He has a prototypical size that you want, six foot one. He has length. He's a really high floor player, and you need a guy that's going to cause turnovers, and I think that's going to be Holland. If you can get him in the second round, he's projected to go kind of in the early second round, so you could just miss out on him. But I, I think if he's there, you got to pull the plug. Yeah, the thing I've said about the 49ers' safeties is they do not make a lot of big plays. They they get basically no interceptions pretty much. We had one interception from a safety all year last year, I believe. But they also don't allow any big plays, which is massively important for this team. The whole defense is structured around making teams have to move the chains consistently to get down the field on you because the 49ers don't think you can do it. So I I go back and forth on that because if you're telling me that this guy is going to make a bunch of turnovers, that's awesome. But I would much rather have a guy that doesn't allow big plays than a guy that maybe gets some picks but also allows some deep touchdowns. So Holland's actually a pretty solid in coverage. I wouldn't be too worried about him giving up too many big plays. And now the next guy I'm going to say, um, if you do miss out on Holland, is Andre Sisco, And he might be your worry there uh, because he's the type of guy that causes a ton of turnovers. Uh, he had 26 combined interceptions and press breakups uh, in just 24 career college games. Uh, he had 12 interceptions as a true freshman and sophomore. Wow. But then he did tear his ACL in his See? junior year <laughs> in the <sighs> third before the third game, uh, actually in warmups. But he already had two interceptions in the two games before that uh, in 2020. He's just an interception machine. The issue with him is that he can kind of be like a freelancer. So he goes with his gut and his instincts, and sometimes he gets burned in that way. But wouldn't we have said that about Troy Pal- Palomalu? Like back in the day, that's exactly what he did. And he was so good for that defense. You need those splash type of players. So if you already have Jason Verrett, who's a solid corner, maybe you go with that safety who's a little bit riskier, but will make those splash plays for you. And I kind of like that, too, as a as a backup. You know, you've got the two solid starters, but Ward and Hart have both had issues staying healthy. Who hasn't on this 49ers team? But, you know, you bring in a guy like that who's a backup. 
that maybe they can provide a boost in a couple of spots here. You never know. I, I would not be totally against that. Now, the torn ACL, you know, makes me a little nervous. But I do think they need to upgrade the secondary for sure. Like you said, they brought back Verrett and Kwan Williams and Emmanuel Mosley. But those guys are on one-year deals. So you're going to have to sort of rebuild the secondary again next year. And I don't think you're going to be able to bring all those guys back because the salary cap's going to go up and they're probably going to get higher contract offers and the 49ers want to pay. So secondary has to be an option for the Niners. Uh, did you have any wide receivers by any chance that you want the 49ers to take? So I think the issue there is I don't know if there's a wide receiver that makes sense for the 49ers in the second round. I think they need a speedster because, you know, Brandon Ayuk and uh, Devo Samuel are good after the catch, but they're not necessarily like super, super fast guys. And then you could also just use like a tall, speedy guy for Mac Jones. I don't know if that's going to be there. Stop saying Mac Jones. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. Or Justin Fields or Trey Lance. I just don't like uh, Terrace Marshall from Clemson comes to mind, but I think he's going to be gone at the end of the first round. He just keeps going up boards. I do think someone who fits, but he's so much like Devo Samuel is Rhonda Moore in the second round. And he would be really great for that offense because you're kind of lacking a running back. Like Jeffrey Wilson's good in his own way, but like he's not, he probably, he wouldn't be playing for any other team. It's just, it works in Kyle Shanahan's system. Raheem Mostert, we'll see if he can stay healthy. So I do think you can even use Rondo Moore in that running back type role. He's just like a really tough guy. But then also um, on shorter passes, and Mac Jones does excel in that area of hitting his guys in the right in the right space and uh, giving them room to run after the catch. Rondo Moore just scares me because of the height. We went through that. But I do think he fits in Kyle Shanahan's system. He is, I love his personality. He did an interview with Kyle Posey from Niners Nation. And first of all, he predicted all of his numbers in all of his workouts. He was like, I'm going to run below a 4-4. I'm going to put up this many reps on the bench. Like he nailed it. He knew exactly what he was going to do. Seems like a super confident guy. Yeah. I just, in I don't know. When I think of a, the wide receiver I want for the Niners, I want a guy that can actually like run routes and get open. Like Debo Samuel's great. But he seems like more of a gadget player to me than like a true wide receiver. And then you would have two of those gadget players if you took Rondell Moore. That's my issue there. I think Rondell Moore would be such a good fit for Kyle Shanahan, but he's just too similar to Debo Samuel to me. Like you already have your Rondell Moore. That's not five foot seven. Like he's not, (laughs) he's not my height. Like that's so you already have that. Like Elijah Moore is someone I really like as well. He's also shorter, five foot nine. He can run all the routes though. And his hands are just, I, I'm just obsessed with how good his hands are. I don't know if he lasts either. That, that's my biggest issue is I think these wide receivers are going to go off the board a little bit earlier than we expect because I do think there's a drop off after like the first seven or eight. So I can see seven wide receivers going in the first round or super early second. And that's just not going to leave a whole lot of options for the 49ers uh, once they get to their second round pick. I feel like wide receiver, I don't know, recently it seems like there have just been a ton of good ones. Like last year's wide receiver class was absolutely incredible. And pretty much all those guys look pretty good, except for like Jalen Rager. They all look like to be really good players. I'm wondering, and maybe this is wishful thinking, that the league starts to say, you know what, we can wait on wide receiver. There's so many good ones 
you know, like kind of like running back, how running back gets pushed back. I'm wondering if maybe hopefully that happens and then San Francisco can snag one of those guys later. Yeah, I'm thinking one guy uh, in the late third, uh, pick 102, Dax Milne is a guy to keep an eye on. He's from BYU. Now, he's not an athletic freak, so you're not going to get excited in that way. But he reminds me so much of Cooper Cup and uh, played in a very similar system to Cooper Cup in college. Uh, he's can run all the routes. He has very good hands. He knows how to create separation. He's solid enough after the catch. Like, I just feel like he's one of those super solid wide receivers that's not going to blow you off the page with his athletic ability, but he can be that reliable wide receiver for whatever quarterback uh, that wants to target him a lot in a game. See, that's what Kendrick Bourne was. He was a guy who, now he had some size, but he didn't blow you away, but he he did enough to be able to contribute to the offense and, and especially Bourne was the Niners red zone kind of target last year. And he's now gone. He's now in new England. So they're going to need somebody. That's why I, I think at some point they're going to try to upgrade the wide receiver. And if they don't do it during the draft, they're definitely going to go after one after the draft, because especially when you look at, at who's under contract after this year, it's Brandon Ayuk and Debo and that's it. So you need to sort of replenish, restock the pond, so to speak. Yeah, and so Dax is six foot one, one ninety five. Like that's a pretty solid size. Like I, I think that's perfectly reasonable. His bi- biggest strength is route running. Uh, his biggest weakness is uh, dealing with those physical corners. But I think I like that for the Kyle Shanahan system because he knows how to get his guys open, and the corners would also have to worry about Devo and about Ayuk and about Kittle and about the running game. So it's not going to, you know. There's not going to be corners just like draped over Milne. I actually really like that fit for the 49ers in the third, if he's there. It's why they have to nail this quarterback pick, because I think there's so much potential on the offense that could sort of be unlocked if they get this thing right. Whether, you know, maybe we do see more from Debo if he, you know, if we have got a competent quarterback that doesn't have to throw all his passes behind the damn line of scrimmage. Like maybe he does actually impress us and and I can see him as more than just a gadget player like that. They have to get this right. I know I keep harping on it. I feel bad because some people are a little frustrated with that, but I don't think they realize how much is at stake with this pick. Yeah, it is. It is. And I, I think if it is Mac Jones, you're going to be fine. Like it's going to be fine, (laughs) but it's just not as exciting. And the potential's just not there, but they still have Super Bowl potential with Mac Jones. It's just, Gonna, you need better pieces around him. That's all. I don't want fine. I feel like a lot of people have said that about Mac Jones. Like if you were going to go on a date with somebody and and I said to you, it's going to be fine. Would you be super pumped about that date? Don't you want a date that's going to knock your socks off where you come home and you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened. I do. And I'm just I feel like I'm backing away now because I don't want my heart to be hurt. Like I need this pick to be Justin Fields. I need it so hard. But I just I'm hoping once we get to April 14th and Justin Fields is his second type of pro day where he's uh, throwing for teams again. It's not just for the 49ers. I don't think I think there's other teams going, but maybe we'll start to hear more buzz. Uh, Like we didn't know that the Browns were going to take Baker Mayfield till basically the night before the draft. Uh, And it still was kind of a surprise when they took him on draft night. Anything can happen. Holding out hope. Are you a check Twitter feverishly during the draft to find out who the picks are? Or do you purposely wait to hear Goodell? 
I, I hide my phone so I don't hear it. And I hate hanging out with people who tell me before that you always have that one person who thinks it's so funny to look at their phone and tell you it's not funny. Yeah, I don't get it. And I love, by the way, that the networks have basically they, they pretty much took a poll of people. And the overwhelming response from people was we don't want to know. We like the drama. It's, it's just more enjoyable to yeah. wait. And I like if I have a certain guy that I want the Niners to take, like I literally will listen for the first kind of way that Goodell pronounces the name. <laughs> To see if it's going to happen. Yeah. Like when he took, when he said Javon Kinlaw last year, I was, I was hoping for like CeeDee Lamb or, you know, one of the wide receivers. So I was like disappointed immediately. Now, fortunately, the Niners ended up getting Ayuk, but like, I like the drama right up until the last second. I do too. I, I, I want to hear it on television from Goodell. I don't want it ruined. Now I'm working the draft this year for NFL Network. So I feel like they're going to ruin it for me, which is fine, yeah. I guess. So if people don't know, obviously anyone working on the broadcast, they know the picks ahead of time because they got to queue up the footage and, and prepare and all that. So you'll have somebody in your ear. So will you do you have an IFB during the draft? How does that actually work? So I'm sure I'll just get the information off of like Slack or something like that. Like I'm mm-hmm. not I'm not all that important where they're going to be like in my ear telling me what's going on. But we have to like get the information out as soon as possible so the NFL Network shows can be talking about it or whoever's, you know, the talent on the show. So I'm sure they're going to tell us who the pick is quickly so we can get them that information. That is kind of yeah, you do lose a little bit of that drama then in that spot. It's just that's unavoidable. I, I promise I won't text you. I, I yeah. won't write you about the 49ers pick until it's announced. If you spoil that for me, that <laughs> would not. be, oh my I will, God. I will not do that. I do have one more player I want to talk about that I think uh, the 49ers could target in the third. For some reason, 49ers fans uh, do not care about running backs. And it's probably because <laughs> Kyle Shanahan does not care about running backs. He can pretty much put anyone in that system and they're fine. But I do think finding a guy that you could trust for multiple years instead of like doing this little carousel of running backs would be nice. And you're looking at pick 102. It's not like you're spending that early of a pick. Michael Carter from UNC, don't know if he'll last that long, but there's a good chance he could be there. Uh, he is much quicker than his 40 times says. Like He ran like a 4.55 at his pro day. He's so much faster than that, like game speed. Uh, and his start-stop ability is just fantastic, and that's kind of what you're looking for there. And a running back, really good cutter. He had... yards per carry this past season. And yes, he had some big holes in UNC. Like his line was nice, but he also had four and a half yards after contact per attempt, which was the fifth most in the FBS when you're looking at running backs with a hundred plus carries. So he's, he's good after contact. He's a smaller back, but he's super tough. Like he, you're not going to tackle him. Like an arm tackle is not going to work on him. And like I said, he's faster than he plays. And if you're looking at the system, UNC being like, well, this is maybe why he was good. It's like, okay, well, he's going to have those holes in this in the San Francisco offense and Shanahan's offense. You know, any running back really succeeds there. And then you still will have your Jeffrey Wilson type if you want to use him around the goal line if Michael Carter's too small to kind of be used in that way. I, I just think that... I know you guys don't care about running backs, but I do think this could be an interesting pick um, and just someone to help out uh, whatever rookie quarterback you have back there, just someone to lean on a little bit. 
Shanahan typically likes to go with the freaking burners at running back. Like Raheem Mostert is the fastest player in the league. Nobody wants to say that because for some reason, I, I don't know why. We all think it's Tyreek Hill. It's not. The numbers bear it out. The person that has run the fastest in an actual game in the NFL for the past two years has been Raheem Mostert. Shanahan likes the guys that can run fast, but he also likes the players that are faster than their numbers put up. That was something that he talked about, Brandon. Ayuk, he thinks Ayuk is faster than the 40 time he ran. And so if you're telling me that with Carter, that could be the same issue. Maybe that does sort of fit. And they are going to have to get a running back at some point. Raheem Mostert is 29-30. Jeff Wilson is not, you know, the everyday guy that you're going to need. I know they have Jermichael Hasty there who's young and, to me, like a really interesting prospect. But they're going to need to add a running back at some point, whether it's in the draft or afterwards. Yeah, and Chuba Hubbard's another uh, Chuba Hubbard. I like saying Chuba just oh, because it's, it's more fun. It's Chuba. It's not as fun. Chuba oh. Hubbard uh, would be another option uh, there at pick 102, or he even might fall to the fourth round. Uh, killer season in 2019 and then dealt with ankle uh, an ankle injury in 2020, just kind of set him back, and then he opted out for the rest of the year to focus on draft prep. Uh, but like, it's hard to get 2,000 yards like that's in, in a season. And that's what he did in 2019. Like That's not something that's just easy to do. You have to have talent. And I think that ankle injury uh, really just set him back. Uh, I, I think he's a nice pick. And he's also someone that ran a much slower 40 time at his pro day than we were all expecting. But he's a track athlete. Like I, I think he's much, much faster than that 40 time says. I I think he could be a perfect fit in that 49ers offense as well. I was going to say that that's the best name in the draft. Like a couple years ago, it was Rocky Sin. Love it. Now that I know it's not Chubba Hubbard, like I'm just disappointed with him now. That's it. I I think he should change his name. I, I think he should change the pronunciation of his name. Look, it's not the first time. Joe Theismann didn't become Joe Theismann until he was trying to win the Heisman Trophy. So he changed the pronunciation so it rhymed. I love it. It didn't work, by the way. He did not win the Heisman Trophy. But we've seen guys change it. Come on, Chubba. Just do the right thing for everyone else. I mean, how could we not like a guy named Chubba Hubbard? And what if we all just decide to call him Chubba? (laughs) Like, everyone just decides, we don't care. We're calling you Chubba. Then he would have to just go buy it. That has actually happened. Um, Peter King, for some reason, (laughs) calls Joe Flacco Joe Flacco. Like all the time. And I used to work on shows with him. And I I said to Peter, you you know, you're saying it wrong, right? It's Joe Flacco, not Joe Flacco. And Peter's response to me was, I don't care. And to this day, he calls him Joe Flacco, regardless of how it's supposed to be pronounced. So that's what we got to do with Chubba. That's hilarious. That's funny. Some guys are weird with stuff like that. I don't know. I'm a big name, get the name right guy because people have trouble pronouncing my last name. And I always get frustrated by that. And I think if you do what we do, we have a responsibility to get the names right. Because I know if if you were talking about me, I'd want you to get my name right. Yes. And I understand. Like, I have the hardest last name. I don't actually care that much if someone says it wrong because I'm so used to it. But it is really nice when someone gets it right. Like, you're like, oh, thank you. It's like uh, JJ Ortega Whiteside. (laughs) That was no, that was very nice. Thank you. Uh, but it like just a lot of Sarasago. <laughs> uh, Eagles fans don't want to ever have to say that name again, by the way. That name is mud in Philadelphia. True. Every he time has... I say your last name, I panic that I'm getting it wrong. Um, I think you do it good. You do it good. Yes. See, like I said, it's important to me. Well, do you have anybody else or is that your list? Because I want to make sure we get everybody in. 
That is my list. I'm sure I'll, I'll keep providing some more as we get closer to draft day. Can you go over the names quickly one more time? Yes. So I went with Landon Dickerson would be my number one option in the second round. Or we have Javon Holland, safety or slot corner. He could play both uh, from Oregon. And then we have safety Andre Sisco from Syracuse. And then Michael Carter, running back UNC. And potentially Rondale Moore. And potentially Rondo Moore, yes. Even though I don't think that's a great pick for that. Really quickly before we go, if I told you the 49ers could draft one of Justin Fields or Elijah Moore, your super draft crush, who would you pick? Definitely Justin Fields, 100%. Okay, wow. That, I thought that was going to be difficult for you and you no. just swatted it away. I want Elijah Moore with the Titans. That's like my With goal. the Titans? Why yes. the Titans? Because he can get a ton of targets and he's across from AJ Brown, who I think... He's just like a mini version of, uh, and there's no wide receiver too there. So I just think he goes into such a good spot to be a star. I don't think any wide receiver that the 49ers draft this year are, is necessarily going into a great situation where they can be like a superstar. There's too many other people that they have to target. That's fair. It's a shame when you have such a stacked offense, isn't it? <laughs> oh, That's yeah. You're, you're, you're just so good. They will be if they get the right quarterback. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of Stats and Mags, I guess we're going with for now. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. If you've got more name suggestions, please keep them coming. We are going to have to settle on this. Um, and maybe we do it at the draft once we finally know who the damn pick is going to be. But please leave your name suggestions in your reviews. We do read them. We do appreciate it. We are, what are we, 20 days away from finding out who's going to be the pick at number three. Enjoy it, and we will talk to you next week. Bye, guys.